This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including Latin 101, Learning a Classic Language. For this limited time 80% offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Lee Smith. And Lee, I've been dying to ask you what the reaction to the uh, re-election of Benjamin Netanyahu has been in the Middle East as compared to the reaction in the White House, which has been total (laughs) abject sorrow. Yeah, pretty down. They're pretty down over there uh, here on Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, Well, it's interesting you should ask. I'm off to Israel over the weekend, so I'll have a more, uh, more detailed answer shortly. However, yeah, I mean, you know, he won by, uh, it was a resounding victory, especially given that he's been there six years and so many people have been predicting his demise. Uh, they want to see him go. And so they thought that saying so would make it happen. And so far as how uh, uh, the United States' traditional Arab allies are looking at it, I think they're probably pretty happy too. Though, of course, they're not going to be celebrating, uh, not publicly anyway. But we saw what they were doing um, we saw how they responded to the Prime Minister of Israel's speech here at the uh, in front of the joint meetings of uh, joint meeting of Congress. They were they were generally very happy about it. It is very so bizarrely that you've got this, more yeah. people in Saudi Arabia and the UAE happy about the re-election of a nationalistic Israeli leader than you do the President of the United States. <laughs> just, yeah. If you had told me that 10 years ago, I'd have said, no way. That won't even work as a plot in a Clancy novel. Well, I mean, I, w- I would certainly like to... I, I certainly would like to believe that um, that it's going to bring Israel and the Arabs closer together, which will be good a good thing in the future. However, the real problem right now is, of course, they're both faced off against the Iranians, so the region is going to be much, much more unstable for a little while, regardless of how close the Israelis and, uh, and, and Arabs get to each other. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite unfortunate, actually. Does this change at all the reality of what could happen in a deal with Iran? There seemed to be kind of the suggestion that, well, if uh, Netanyahu didn't win, even though the, uh, the leader of, of the person, of Herzog, you know, running the opposition, if you will, w- was anti a deal as well, that there'd be uh-huh. more room for President Obama? Or is President Obama determined he's just going to make a deal, period, and they could have elected, you know, Hulk Hogan uh-huh. president? President of Israel or Prime Minister of Israel wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I've I've been wondering for uh, for a couple of weeks now, uh, having seen them uh, lose their mind with the Netanyahu speech, um, you know, because my my reading for a while has been all they're doing is they're using Bibi as cover, and so a lot of people in the United States and Israel who think it's all about uh, this particular Prime Minister are wrong. It's about Israel. The, the White House has made a strategic decision to push Israel away while it brings in Iran. Again, we've talked about this before. They're trying to balance these different regional powers. And so people are astonished. They blame it all on Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. It's about the White House. They would be pushing away Israel no matter what. So, yeah, I, I, actually, I think the White House has gotten lucky. Were there a left-wing prime minister 
and this was going on, I think most observers would be astonished. But right now, they can get away with it and blame it all on blame it all on Netanyahu. That that that's 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 what's going on here. I I, I saw the news reports today mm-hmm. that the White House might allow the attack on Israel that's been tried through the Security Council seven times before on behalf of the Palestinians to actually go through as a result of this election. Lee Smith, I can't believe that things between the United States and Israel are that bad. Please tell me that that's just over-the-top reporting or misunderstanding or uh, you know, intellectual rattle, uh, saber rattling, I, I something. I have a, a, a very close friend and colleague. He and I have been talking about this, and he thinks it won't happen. It's not because he, he particularly loves uh, the current occupation. Uh, the, the current administration, he just believes that that's much too hard to do, that they ha- that the uh, White House needs to be able to keep on side certain political players in Washington to be able to strike the Iran deal. I, I, I'm not sure that's the case. I, I think they've shown their vindictiveness. They've shown their pettiness. I think that they feel that they need to punish uh, Netanyahu, and this is one way they'll do it. And look, it, it, it's actually um, it's a free shot. And so far as people will say, well, it's, you know, it's not about Israel. Obama loves Israel. We know all the different journalists and former policymakers who will get up and say that, that, oh, you know, Obama loves Israel. It's actually about the particular, uh, you know, it's about the particular prime minister, which is nonsense. This is about Israel, what's happening here. And it's about how Obama is, um, you know, Obama is changing U.S. policy in the region. It wouldn't uh, surprise me. I mean, it, it, would, it would depress me, but it would not surprise me. <laughs> I have to say, every time I think we've seen the bottom, it's not. It's just, it's the Mariana Trench of bad foreign policy, Lee. You think you've yeah. hit bottom, it's just a snag. Swim a little farther and you'll go even lower. Um, so, the one of the arguments that's been laid out to me goes like this. That the uh, president doesn't care how you get to a point where you announce there's a deal with Iran, whether it's Congress, no Congress, UN, no UN, Security Council, no Security Council, all he needs is for there to be an announcement that for this president there is a deal, and then he'll leave it to the Europeans who will rush in, sign contracts with Iran, release the, you know, uh, remove the sanctions, just boom, do, do business with them, let them, you know, uh, power up the centrifuges as they want. And by the time the next president takes power, whoever it is, it won't matter anymore. It'll be a fait accompli, even if there never was an actual recognized deal. It's just a one-person deal. I'm President Obama. I'm going to let you do what I want, and I'm giving the Europeans permission to do what they want, too. That's a big concern. I mean, you know, apparently the French people have been um, talking about how the French are not happy about the, this White House is dealing with Iran. So maybe we have to look to the French to pull uh, to pull us out of the fire. Um, but yeah, I certainly believe that's what this president wants to do. He wants to make it a fait accompli. And when the next administration comes out, it'll be very hard to change course. Look, whether we like it or not, and I happen to not like it, and I suspect you and I agree you're, that... Um, we don't like the particular policies of this president in the Middle East. Um, he's a consequential president. He's changed a lot of things. It's not going to be as easy as everything going back to the way it was for decades, January uh, 2017. He changed many things significantly, and this may only be one of them. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's an issue of serious concern.
And particularly when you have statements that seem to be coming out of nowhere about, well, we're going to start negotiating with Assad. And you're going, wait, wait, excuse me, what happened? You, you were drawing red lines and erasing red lines yeah. and saying we have to have regime change. Wow. Now we don't. Yeah. I mean, does this change the stature of America in the region? In other words, saying, oh, my gosh, in the future, we can never rely on America like we thought we could in the past because uh -huh. they really will do yeah. crazy things. Or is this all about Obama? In other words, when Obama is gone, do you think the Middle East will settle back into uh, 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 you know, the, the pattern where America is a significant leader in the region? Unfortunately, the United States has a long reputation, not just in the Middle East, but around the world as being a, a fickle friend. And um, it, it's, it's, I, I, it's not a noble position, uh, but th this is our reputation. The problem is, is that if we're powerful, regardless of how fickle we are, people will nonetheless still seek our support and seek our friendship. However, if we decide to become less powerful, if we decide to um, handcuff ourselves, if we decide to neuter ourselves, people don't pay attention. And this is what is going to start to happen more and more in the Middle East. So if the administration actually does say they're not going to cover Israel uh, with the Security Council veto, then we're going to see a number of different things happening. What, what obligation will the Israelis feel to, um, to pay attention to this particular White House, especially knowing that Obama's out in a year and a half? One so, last question for you, Lee, and sure. it has to do with the connection between domestic politics here in the U.S. and international politics. Um, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, people who I have great conversations with who, uh, you know, I, I go, how can you possibly vote Democrat, you know, given what's going on? And many of them happen to be Jewish, and I particularly raise the issue of Israel in the Middle East. And they still, in the past, have always come down to, yeah, but I'm a Democrat. Yeah, it's all going to be okay, and therefore my, you know, focus on social issues or whatever overrides that. Yeah. Are we anywhere near a point where American uh, Americans, particularly Jewish Americans, who put Israel in the Middle East, you know, near the top of their list of concerns, finally say, you know what, I've got to start at least being willing to consider voting Republican yeah. after what we've seen. I'm, um, I'm loath to speak on, uh, on, on behalf of Jewish voters. I'm not Jewish. Even if I were Jewish, though, I'd be loath to speak on behalf of Jewish voters. What I do believe, though, what I, what I, what I feel very comfortable saying is that all sorts of um, all sorts of groups who come to the United States? I was born in Puerto Rico, actually. My mother was Puerto Rican, my late mother, and people who come to this country, people who are raised in this country, um, people are free here to pursue their own concerns, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I, 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 I Israel uh, is important to me. It's important to many other people as well, both as an emotional issue and as a is a very significant strategic ally, um, but I think the Israelis are certainly strong enough and competent enough to get through a, uh, um, a, a moment when the relationship with the United States is not as strong as it has been in the past. And also I think that uh, Americans of all, of, all, of all sorts of groups, of all sorts of backgrounds, are free to do whatever they like, and I don't think that they should be um, constrained by different uh, by different political decisions in that way. I'm sorry if I'm being a little if I'm sounding a little awkward. Uh, That's okay. I, it's an awkward know, I, I, conversation. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just don't think that I, I I I'm just uncomfortable with any of us saying uh, right or left how people mm -hmm. from certain you know from certain communities should be should be voting. 
Uh, sure, but, again, but here's the deal. Historically, uh, Jewish American voters have been overwhelmingly Democratic voters, and this drives right. my Jewish wife crazy, who about every 45 minutes while watching the news looks at me and goes, how can Jewish people vote Democrat? Don't they see what's happening? And I never have an answer for her. And, uh, well, so again, the, as you said, I think the social issues is very important for for large parts of the Jewish community. But, but this is a for, new era. Lee, this is a new arena. You have a sitting president who tried to defeat a, uh, uh, well, a okay, sitting is, Israeli is, politician. Okay, uh, right, but this is not about this is not about Jewish American voters. This is about people who would say this is outrageous. Why is Obama trying to interfere? And you remember they accused Netanyahu of trying to interfere in the 2012 election which never happened. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Mitt Romney wanted to speak in Israel. Obama visited Israel when he was a senator, when he was uh, plotting his run in 2008. He went to Germany in 2008, but they hold it against, you know, they hold it against this particular prime minister. Um, I think, but, but again, I, I don't think you have to be a Jewish American voter. I think you can just look on in amazement as this president seems to be alienating and pushing away a very important and very key American ally, not just in the Middle East, but around the world, and in its stead is drawing closer to what has been an American adversary uh, with lots of American blood on its hands for the last 36 years. It's astonishing to everyone. I can't top that, Lee. You nailed it perfectly. Thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.